Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast, presented by Coastal Community Credit Union. Who's helping you take care of your financial health? Coastal Community Credit Union is here to help you reach your goals and do great things. Visit cccu.ca for more information. What does a professional baseball umpire and a marketing leader turned author have in common? They're both leading Vancouver Island businesses and guests on this week's episode. To start things off, we have the president of H2 Accelerator stopping by to talk marketing tips for SMEs. Our conversation starts now. Hi, I'm, I'm Dan Dagg. I'm the president and CEO of uh, H2 Accelerator. H2 Accelerator is a Victoria, BC-based uh, marketing consultancy. Uh, we use um, creativity, technology to help clients solve business problems and, and, and grow. Uh, we work with a variety of uh, local, regional, and, and national companies like Coastal Community Credit Union, Connect Hearing, Wild Play Adventure Parks, and marketing organizations up and down the island. To start things off, um, something that came up I didn't know about was that you have written a book. And I'm wondering if you can tell me just a little bit about kind of how that came up and kind of what motivated you uh, to become an author there. Yeah, sure. So I I recently wrote a book called uh, 20 Candles, uh, Lessons in Humanity for Business. And uh, I did it as a sort of a a celebration of our 20th anniversary in business. And, uh, you know, I wanted to pass on the softer stuff around marketing, you know, not the technical stuff, but the stuff that involves philosophy and psychology and just uh, like common sense that doesn't, you don't learn it in courses, right? You only learn that the hard way uh, in business. So when you are going through it, I took a quick scan through the book, but is there a couple of the of these candles that stick out to you? Do you have a, a top two, top three? Well, I got 20 that I really like. <laughs> but basically, you know, most businesses, uh, they fail to plan. They think that they've got the information uh, up in their head and they're following that, but it, it, it doesn't work that way. So I think it underscores the the importance of putting a plan together, even if it's on the back of a napkin. Uh, you got to have some 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 sort of roadmap. When you're looking at the different kinds of solutions that you're providing for your clients, you do have a range in the difference of sides, all the way from coastal community. I think Oak Bay Marine Group. There's a couple of others. How are you approaching that? I guess in the types of advice that you can give, because obviously, if it's a bigger organization, they have the capacity to execute or the budget and that kind of stuff. But let's say a business that's got 25 employees compared to a business that you know like CCC that's got you know, in the hundreds, how are you kind of tailoring your approach based on organizations of that size? You know, there's a a couple of things that that I look at. One of the first things is start with the low hanging fruit. So the fastest and easiest way to increase your revenue is through your existing customers. They've already been through the sales funnel and that sort of stuff. And so we can look at some great examples uh, of companies that have done that. Like, remember when Starbucks used to just sell coffee, but now they sell breakfast and they sell lunch and McDonald's wasn't about coffee, right? But now they have McCafe. 
And did you know that uh, lumber stores sell more pop and chips than most grocery stores? So the first thing you want to do is figure out how you can generate more revenue without doing anything new. How can we generate more money without spending any money? If you want to know how to make more money from your customers, ask them, right? How are we doing? What can we do to serve you better? And there's money in that for you. Is there a client success story uh, that you'd like to highlight? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, one client. We work for a, a grocery retailer uh, over on the mainland and interior. You know, they're a, a new chain and their competitor is Whole Foods. And so they came to us and said, we want Whole Foods customers. And not only do we want Whole Food customers, but we want to know that they're not already our customers. So um, one of the sort of hottest things in, in marketing these days is uh, conquest targeting and uh, location-based targeting using GPS mechanisms on your cell phone. So we targeted the Whole Foods just down the road, uh, you know, a couple of kilometers away from our, our client. Anybody who walked into that store, we dropped a pin into their phone and then started serving that phone and its associated desktop ads for our client. And we kept serving them until that cell phone crossed the threshold and came into our store. And then we cross-referenced to make sure that it had, well, actually, we cross-referenced and make sure that it hasn't been in our store first, and then we serve them ads. So uh, I just think that's a, it's a great way to do that and car dealers can do it you know you can target people that are on the lexus slot if you're trying to sell them a mercedes i think that's a great success story anything in the digital world where you can get very granular now deliver specific messages is is great and it's not it's not expensive a special thanks to dan for his insights in that conversation There is a lot of value for business owners. If they can take that info, reflect, and see how it can be applied to their own organizations. I hope you found it as valuable as I did. Next up, we have an interview with the owner of On Point Benefits, where we cover how his business bridges the gap for SMEs in delivering leading benefit programs for their employees. Our conversation starts now. Hi, I'm Tyler Hoffman. I'm the president of OnPoint Employee Benefits, and we help businesses with their benefits, wellness, and HR productivity. Awesome, Tyler. Well, I appreciate that very much. I'm excited to have you on and learn a little bit more about your field. It's not something that I myself am am an expert in, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, But before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of what your business does, I'm wondering if you can kind of walk me through the steps in your career that led you to stepping out uh, on your own there. Yeah, for sure. You know, I've been in the business for about 20 years. Um, Back in the day when I made that big career decision, if I was going to be a cop or a financial advisor, I chose to become a financial advisor. And I've seen so many interesting things in the 20 years. And and really what led to me to get to where I'm at today was, you know, I had so many leadership roles within financial services and helping other advisors develop their blocks of business and Group benefits was always this thing that a lot of advisors just kind of added on as a product, right? And they're up there talking to business owners. that's like, hey, I can do group benefits too. And I just thought that that was just a disservice to these business owners. You know, they took 
so much time and care when they were talking about their their financial planning, but group benefits was always this thing that was just kind of stuck on. And so what I saw, you know, 15 years of seeing this over and over and over again, I was like, John, there's got to be a better way. Like, and that's really how On Point got got born. So I think it's kind of the same as, you know, how Starbucks came to be. You know, companies take a look at where where there's some fragmentation in the marketplace and they create a better experience. And that's really what I saw with benefits. I just felt like there were so many small business owners out there that just deserve to have something a little you know, higher touch and get have more attention put on the plan because, you know, 80% of businesses are, they're overspending, right? We find that so many of them are unknowingly overspending on their benefits program. And it's because they're just kind of sold a product and it's not really looked at and it's not really taken, uh, taken seriously. Uh, so at on point, we take benefits seriously. I'm wondering, you, you have talked about kind of what stuck out to you about the vertical. Is there anything that's kind of kept you in it? You know, you, ha- you saw the opportunity, you, you've gone for it. You built this business. What's kind of kept you uh, within it instead of in, instead of doing something else? Yeah, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's working with the business owners and and coming up with bigger ideas. So I'll give you an example. Yesterday, we were working with a wood company, woodworking company up here in Chimenez. You know, we were able to help them save about twenty four hundred dollars a year. Not a lot of money, but twenty four hundred dollars a year is, to a small business is a lot. Um, but here's how we we looked at it from a different perspective. Now they've created an opportunity where they can sponsor a local high school student to get into their industry in the form of like an apprenticeship or a scholarship. So now they've got $2,400 a year that they can sponsor, uh, you know, a new, new carpenter. And, and when we take a step back and look at what, what we can actually do with those savings, that's what I get juiced up about, right? It's not about just undercutting and, you know, getting cheaper prices. It's about looking at this stuff, freeing it up in a way that's, you know, contained for the long term. So the business owner can tap into more of what they got into the business for, right? Which is obviously growing their product and developing people. So for me, you know, the, the juices in working with the business owners for sure. That's what keeps me in it. Um, something I did want to ask you as well, going through your, your LinkedIn in preparation for this, you were a uh, professional baseball umpire. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate on that a little bit. You're the first person I've had professional poker players on here, you know, a wide range of things, but never a, a pro baseball umpire. How did that uh, come about? I don't know, man. I was, it was 1981. I was what, five years old watching the game of the week on NBC. I remember it like it was yesterday and they zoomed in on the umpire making a call at first base. And I knew then when I was five, that that's what I wanted to do. You know, fast forward to when I was 12, I started on fire in Little League, and then I realized you could actually make a profession out of this. You have to go to school for it. So mapped it out, did two years at Malaspina. I've got a sport management background. That was kind of the backup plan. And then went up, went up our school and got a contract and spent five years all the way uh, up to the double A level which was, yeah, it was, it was a fun five years. That is phenomenal. And then just um, uh, out of more out of curiosity, what caused you to transition away and, and uh, out of it? Yeah. You know, so here you are, you know, you've got your dream job and you hate it. The total, total quagmire moment. But for me, it was, you know, it's a very nomadic lifestyle. You're on the road 200 days a year. Um, you're teamed up with, you know, four or two other guys for the year and just developing relationships and being on the road and, you know, you know, straight up, it's not a healthy lifestyle. Like if you look at the, the average length of life for a major league umpire, 
you know, they retire and they die. It's, it's brutal. So I just thought, you know, is that really what I want for my life? Um, right. I mean, it was just serving the ego. I wasn't serving anything else. And so I took, took a, a step back and, you know, thought about what was important for me and where I could serve people. And that's really where, you know, you know, either being a cop or a financial advisor kind of came to be. And obviously I went down, you know, the financial services route. I want to jump into a little bit more about your business. And one of the things that I've enjoyed uh, in general about these interviews and just talking with our clients in general is the problem solving nature of, of business. And I'm wondering if you can kind of elaborate on the challenges that your clients are facing or businesses are facing and kind of how you are stepping in to solve those challenges. Cause you don't just do the benefits, correct? Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. You know, that's, that's really been the evolution of, of, where on point is, is it's understanding that benefits is not just, you know, health and dental, but the number one thing and business owners don't even know we're helping them with this is we help them with their own apathy, right? So many business owners are just happy with their little benefit program and they don't even realize that they're being underserved or they're being, you know, overpriced. And so the first thing that we do is we help them get over the, the apathy that they don't even know they have by, by helping them un, un, understand how their program's working. Outside of that, where a lot of, I'm finding where a lot of business owners are stuck or wondering, right? They're questioning the value of the traditional approach, right? And the traditional approach is having everybody have the same coverage and they're wondering, like, is this really the only way? And the answer is no, right? Product has shifted um, innovation is out there. And, and so helping them uncover more efficient ways to, to provide a better benefits program at a fraction of the cost, you know, it's not a gimmick. It's, it's taking advantage of, of really technology that's out there. And, and we help them get really what they're looking for, what they're trying to find. They just don't know where it is. I'm wondering if you can Tell me about any kind of trends that you're seeing. There's obviously been a lot of changes since the pandemic hit the past couple of years. And just in terms of what you're seeing from businesses and your clients in general and how they're approaching uh, delivering benefits to their employees. Yeah, the biggest trends right now happening in the, in the landscape of group benefits, and it doesn't matter what size of company, if you've got you know three or 300, it's this, this idea of uncovering the wastage that's happening and giving employees a voice in designing their own benefits program, right? So we're shifting away from traditional to what we call hybrid plans. And it allows for greater flexibility, it allows to keep costs contained, and it allows employees really to, 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 to get what they want rather than just being told that they've got to subscribe to this menu of stuff that they may or may not use. So moving from traditional to hybrid plans is definitely where the future is at. Second to that, you know, mental well-being two years ago, John, wasn't even really something that a lot of organizations really thought too much about. But now that we've all gone through what we've gone through, I mean, we see the importance of looking after people's mental well-being. And so, you know, where are we at March? We've had more inquiries this year around employee assistance programs and mental well-being and coaching and counseling that I, I've ever had in 20 years. And so that, that, that singular product or solution is, is confusing. There's lots of different options. 
you know, it's often bolted on at three bucks a month, but is that the right option? And so we're, we're spending a lot of time kind of helping uh, business leaders navigate what, what is mental well-being for your organization and what do you need to have to support that? It may or may not be an EAP. It may be something different. Yeah, no, it is interesting. I think too, and maybe you can comment on this about that it would vary or does it vary industry to industry, you know, like maybe mental health for construction. I know there's, uh, I think the way that different industries or employees in those industries solve, solve mental health is different. Do you find that at all or? Oh, hundred percent. Like, and this is the thing, this is where, you know, benefits are becoming more and more customized. You know, a, a, a construction company is going to have a completely different benefits program than say a women's consignment store. Like you just can't, you can't have the same benefits for those group of people because they're just different. And so you've got to look at, well, how, how does this population receive mental support? Like what does this, what does this group need? And then like, what's the best way to deliver that? Like, you know, some groups are technology savvy while, you know, I've got a client who is a roofing company and like, they don't want any technology. Right. So it's it's understanding how how your employees interact with healthcare uh, first and foremost. Going through your site, one of the things that stuck out to me is you've kind of got this benefits, wellness and productivity services. I'm wondering if you can you, and you mentioned that the business has evolved. I'm guessing you kind of started in benefits and then started tacking some stuff on. But can you, I guess, walk me through kind of how you started blending these things together and sort of what the evolution of your of those services has been? Yeah, I've got a lot of contacts and good friends that work uh, in HR at, at, you know, senior levels. And for a lot of these friends of mine, they they employ the big consultants. So Mercer, Hayes, because they're working with, you know, 2,500, 3,000, 40,000 employees. And so often those bigger organizations, instead of working with a benefits consultant or a broker, they'll work with a, a large consulting firm. And quite frankly, when you take a look at what they're doing, the services that they're providing those big companies, medium and small size businesses need that too, right? But they can't afford a, a massive uh, consultant. And so OnPoint bridges that gap. So that's how we've evolved to provide high value service to that mid market who can't afford the consultant, right? Because at OnPoint, we're not brokers. We're, we're a true consultancy where we focus on you know, getting better benefits, aligning that to the strategy, aligning that to the culture, understanding what wellness looks like. Is it just mental well-being or is it financial wellness that has to happen inside that organization too? All right, so really taking a holistic approach. And then the productivity piece is really the technology angle. And so integrating technology to reduce mundane, repetitive data entry, working on multiple portals. If you've got different carriers for different types of benefits, we really consolidate that. So it's easy for the employee. It's easy for the employer. And that frees up, you know, human capital and resources. So you can designate those people doing more important things and get that ROI somewhere else in your business, rather than having to chase down, you know, paper forms and and things like that. I would guess and maybe you can confirm or de- deny this, but that it allows smaller companies to be more competitive, even in the recruitment process, because sometimes they just can't. I mean, you look at the salaries that tech companies are offering or American companies are coming into Canadians and there's just a, there's the salary, but B there's usually kind of like this, this infrastructure that supports it. And it looks like you could actually aid businesses in helping uh, to bridge that gap a little bit. 
Absolutely. It's all about scale, right? So if you if we can help them scale and create capacity on their administration side with benefits, it gives them more confidence to hire more people, right? Because now they're less constrained. Aside from that, how are you differentiating from the competition? Well, the big thing, yeah, how, how does OnPoint differentiate itself from the competition is, is tenfold. And so I, I kind of believe that we've kind of created our own kind of blue ocean in this. And there's a few things that we do differently. The first thing is we focus on benefits, wellness, and productivity, right? So we're not just out there shopping the market for quotes. We're integrating benefits and, and wellness in the form of a strategy. Uh, but we also provide all of our clients access to a top-notch financial wellness program at no cost. And so, you know, aside from just looking at benefits from a more holistic perspective, uh, our clients are getting more value by having uh, what we call value add-ons. And so our financial wellness program that uh, we partnered with, all our clients get access to that complimentary and that helps staff become more confident and financially literate so they can make better decisions and really not bring that stress into the workplace, right? Because about 70% of employees at work are stressed out about money at work. And so how is that good for your business? It's not. So we fix that. Um, the other thing too is we designed a loyalty bonus to help really bring the cost down, right? We figure if, if businesses are going to partner us with us for the long term, we're going to partner with them. Uh, so we have a loyalty bonus. Um, we're also, one of the things I'm really proud of is that we take 2% of our annual net profits and reinvest those back into the local community programs. And so when companies work with us, part of that relationship is us to help the community that they're in. Okay, that's awesome. I love the community reinvestment. Uh, so important. And what really separates, I think, uh, or makes the decision easier to use uh, local companies. Um, I'm wondering, at the last kind of question I've got for you about your business, anything coming up in the next few months that you'd like to highlight, uh, promote, or focus on? Well, yeah, coming up in the future, I think one of the things that we're most excited about right now, John, is this idea of, of really bringing financial wellness more into the mainstream. In Canada, it's really, really fragmented. You've got little consultants doing some of it. You've got big pension companies trying to do the rest of it and nobody's really doing a terrific job. And so we've got a partnership right now that we're, we're still in the final details of kind of working through, but by June, we're going to be launching Canada's, um, and I'm biased, but I'll say it, you know, Canada's best uh, financial wellness program for medium and small size businesses so that employees can, can get more confident around their finances. So that's a big, big thing we're, we're working on right now. And, um, yeah, it's just going to help more people. Awesome. Well, please do keep us in the loop for that. It sounds like there's going to be a great story to tell there in a little bit more detail. I want to jump into the final four here. And so, yeah, what is your favorite book? And there's no context. It can be fiction, nonfiction, business, pleasure reading, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Jack Reacher, you know, anything Jack Reacher, um, with the exception of Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher. <laughs> I love those books, the Lily Child books, Jack Reacher. It's good escape, fast moving, lots of action. Awesome. Do you like the new Amazon take on it? It's not bad. It's a little slower than I would have liked, but, you know, at least the guy is huge. Um, you know, he, he fits the character. So best personal advice you've received. And I the preface for this, I will say some people think that it has to be attributed to a person. It could be just kind of an amalgamation of or a themed 
bit of advice? Yeah, you know, my dad, when I was 21, sat me down. We grew up in Qualicum Beach. Um, you know, he was a business owner. My mom was a business owner. My grandmother had a business. And so he sat me down one day on the beach and he kind of gave me the father talk. But what he shared with me he's, was the concept of, you know, Tyler, everybody knows your last name. Now, we weren't, a, you know, a prominent family, but because of being in business, everybody knew who the Hoffmans were. And I think for me, John, that really, it, it stayed true because it doesn't matter where you go in life, people are going to know who you are. And, you know, what, what is your legacy in, in interacting with people? So it's, for me, it's always been like, just remember that you're representing the family all the time. App or piece of software that you cannot live without aside from email uh, and Microsoft Office? Yeah, there's two things that work really well for, for me that keeps me on track and that's having a great CRM. We use Pipedrive. I've tried a number of them, but Pipedrive seems to be the, the easiest one to implement. And then a, a new tool that we've used uh, this past year is Vidyard, which is video email. And I've noticed the engagement with even just my own clients you know, replying back faster after, you know, watching the video email that I've sent out, it's made it a little bit more interactive, more fun. And I can, I find that it actually saves me time because I'm not having to type, right? I'm just having a quick conversation. It goes up, it goes out. Interesting. Um, favorite restaurant, last one for you, favorite restaurant on Vancouver Island? Well, hands down right now, and I'm always on the pursuit of better ones, but in Victoria, there's a restaurant called Nowhere and it's all about the food. Right. You're, it, it's they've got like five tables, five booths, but it's all about the food and the story that comes with the food and the staff are fantastic. They've got an amazing wine pairing list. It gets food elevated. It really is. And it's just a great, great experience. If you just want to, you know, sit back with friends, get into good conversation and have good food come. Nowhere Restaurant in Victoria. Thanks for stopping by from the trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. If you want to learn more about the interviewee, please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description. Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.